is the Breaking Bad Advice Podcast, the show that is dedicated to helping you stay rational in these irrational times. Here's where I remind you that the following thoughts and conversations are for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Please reach out to your financial professional at Plan Financial to discuss your unique situation and circumstances. All right, well, welcome everybody back to another episode of Breaking Bad Advice. Today, we want to sit down and talk about something that is seemingly affecting everybody in one way or another, and that is inflation of consumer goods. Milk, gas, bread, you name it, you are seeing it everywhere. Many people, they'll point to the amount of dollars that the U.S. government's uh, printed here in the last couple of years. Other people can point to supply chain issues, which... Both are very valid reasons. Uh, but does this mean that inflation going forward, like everybody is saying, is going to be long-lasting and here to stay? It's a great question, and I think one of the tools we can use and look at is the bond market. Isaac, what does the bond market tell us, or how can we read the bond market and what it could tell us about inflation? Yeah, Joel, it's interesting in the chorus of voices that are all calling for inflation to not only um, stay high from here, but potentially even go higher. And as you mentioned, you know, the supply of dollars has increased. Um, governments are continuing to run trillion dollar deficits. The estimates right now is that is likely to continue indefinitely. I mean, I don't know any politicians that are running on a platform to cut spending, right? So, um, so yeah, inflation, definitely the perception is it's here to stay. Um, but what we wanted to talk about was simply uh, there's, there's one, um, I think, aspect of the financial markets today, a very loud one, that is saying something a little bit different, and that is the bond market. So what, what's the bond market? Um, well, the bond market is essentially um, a place where people loan money. Okay, they loan money in the future, and uh, and then when they go to loan money, um, people are going to pay them an interest rate, and that's really the price of money or the price of time, right? And um, I, I think real quick, I think one aspect for the bond market is it's perceived as a safe haven, right? Uh, yes. Well, uh, specifically the treasury bond market, right? So there are different types of bonds. So you can have um, you can loan money to uh, insurance companies in the form of annuities. You can um, loan money in the form of derivatives contracts. You can loan money to corporations. Um, you know, we, we typically will call them junk bonds when you loan them to corporations that have shady uh, financial, uh, you know, statements. Um, but the, the, the safest type of loan you can do is to the U.S. government, right? Um, and of course, governments all over the world have what we call sovereign debt or debt that they issue, um, and then they agree to pay an interest rate to those who take out um, a loan against them. Um, but the U.S. Treasury debt and the U.S. Treasury bond market is the most liquid, deep, and largest uh, sovereign bond market in the world. So, um, you know, and and just to kind of give some some uh, some basics to this, what we wanted to talk about this morning was uh, the different types of um, maturities or terms that Treasury debt is issued in. Right. So you have a variety of different ones, uh, anywhere ranging from one month to three months, six months, one year, two year, five year, 10 year, 20 year, 30 year. I mean, all these different uh, varying terms. And to make it even more complicated, they'll have different names, you know, bonds, yeah. uh, T-bills and, and yeah. and You t- name it. They have every different, you know, name out there to make it really, really complex, but it's really, really not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about loaning over a specific period of time. Right. right. Um, and, uh, and so it's important to understand that um, typically in the bond market, you will see that the longer the maturity, the higher the interest rate, which kind of just intuitively makes sense. If I'm going to loan you money for a week, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept a lower interest rate than if you ask me to borrow money for six months. Right. Well, if I'm without that money for six months, I'm probably going to want a little bit more of compensation for it, right? right? So typically within the treasury bond market, you will see the one uh, month, the you know, three month, the six month, the one year, the two year, you're going to have lower interest rates there. Um, and as it goes out further over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you're going to see higher interest rates. So this is what we call the, the um, yield curve, right? So generally, if you were to map this out on a graph, what you would see is sort of like a mountain um, uh, shape, whereas the longer you go out on the treasury uh, lending uh, term structure, the higher the interest rates will will get right. right. Um, so under normal circumstances, when um, when inflation expectations are um, uniform, when uh, growth uh, expectations are uniform, meaning people expect things to to grow, you know, going forward, um, and and of course when people aren't doubting whether the U.S. government's going to default on their on their debt, right? Because uh, they can just continuously print. That's right. They which can. at the end of the day is what makes the Treasury bond market. Uh, risk-free is they can simply, unlike us, we'll go to jail for it, but they can print to meet their obligations. That's right. That's right. We should put that risk-free in, in uh, quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so and, and under normal circumstances, what you'll see is that treasury bond uh, graph, if you were to graph that out, the yield curve is going to be positive, right? So you're going to see it going, you're going to see it sloping up over time. Um, but what we're saying today, and in the light of the last, say, six to eight months where inflation through the CPI, you know, this official CPI that gets all the headlines, has gone from, you know, two to three percent where it's been at for the last decade. Now, all of a sudden, it's, you know, gone up from five and then six and then seven. And now this last month, it reached almost eight percent, which we haven't seen in the CPI index since the early 1980s. Right. So it's been a, over a generation since we've seen this high of inflation. Um, what you would normally expect if this inflation was to continue and it was expected to continue, you would see the bond market sell off on the long end of the curve. And what you mean, what I mean by that is um, one of the components of the interest rate in loaning money is inflation, right? It's inflation expectations. And so if inflation all of a sudden spikes to 8% like it has, you would not expect people to continue loaning money to the U.S. government for 30 years at, say, 2.5%, which is exactly what we see today. Right, right. And so when you say sell off, that means that when the bond market sells off, whether it's on the short end of the curve or the long end of the curve, whatever one is selling off, that rate will go up. Correct. Yeah. So bonds work inversely, right? When you buy bonds, when demand for bonds goes up, that means typically the price of the bond is increasing. And as the price of the bond increases, the interest rate that it's paying decreases as a percent of the price of the bond, right? right. So uh, under normal circumstances, again, if this inflation that we're seeing as of late was uh, likely to continue, then we would expect people to sell out of the long end of the treasury curve, the 20-year treasuries, the 30-year treasury bonds. We would expect people to sell out of those because right now they're earning 2 to 2.5% interest per year, right. um, which, again, is a guaranteed loss if you think that inflation is going to remain at 8%. Right. So if I hear what you're saying correctly, with higher inflation like we are seeing today, the readings we are seeing today, you should be seeing the long end of the treasury curve, the 30-year, that rate should be going up tremendously. It should be, yeah. What are we seeing today in the bond market? Yeah. Well, interesting you ask. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what we're seeing today is actually the, uh, the, the what well, we are seeing the, the long end increase a little bit, right? So we've seen 
the 30 year uh, has is up to 2.4 something like that the 10 the 20 year is up to 2.5 um, the 10 year is uh, is up uh, 215 yeah 215 something yeah. like that so so we've got some of the long ends over two percent but again those are relatively speaking similar to where they were a year ago well right? so I was gonna say I have a little note here that today the 30 year 235 last year it was actually just a little bit higher almost the exact same but if you look at the other end of the curve the really short term you see today it's at 1.75 percent last year it was at 0.14 percent yeah so and that that speaks to the other issue here joel that we need to talk about is it's not just the um it's it's not just the trajectory of the yield curve but it's the shape of the curve itself right so as you go out further on that time horizon the rates should be increasing. Um, what we're seeing today is not just that the long end isn't going up that much. It's going up a little bit, but we're seeing the short end, as you said, go up quite a bit faster. What that means is the yield curve, again, imagine a graph where you see this, this mountain, right? Like um, a slope. It's a, like a slope, yeah. What we're seeing that is it's actually flattening into a sort of plain uh, view so that now you look at the two-year uh, treasury and the 10-year treasury, and the difference between the two is, you know, 0.2 base, uh, 0.28, something yeah. like that. Whereas a year ago, it was 1.5%. So it's gone from 150 basis points down to 28 basis points, right? right? Which right. is a, a massive uh, reduction in that spread. Um, what people often will hear on the, sometimes on the news, um, if, you, if anybody's been in the industry before, they would have heard this, um, that the inverted yield curve is a bad thing, right? So over the last 40 years, every time the treasury bond curve inverts um meaning downward uh, sloping right? right if you're looking exactly. at a graph it's a yep. downward slope it's downward sloping so anytime that happens a recession has followed within the next 12 to 18 months um what we've seen today is the two and ten year are still positive but they've narrowed quite a bit but if you look out on further on the spectrum the uh, the seven year and the ten year note are actually inverted now, which means people are getting a higher interest rate on the seven year than they are in the ten year. Okay, right. and the twenty year and the thirty year are also inverted, so people are getting a higher interest rate on the twenty year than they are in the thirty year. Now, somebody might say, why in the world would you own a thirty year bond uh, that is getting less of an interest rate than you could get on a twenty year bond when, when there's more risk involved? That in, the longer you go out, exactly, exactly. So, over the last maybe 10 years, you've seen a upward sloping yield curve. Now you're beginning to see that upward sloping yield curve begin to flatten. Correct. What comes after a flattened yield curve? Yeah, well, and actually, we, so we saw a, a, an upward sloping yield curve uh, after the, the 2007 2008 financial crisis, after the economy started to recover. You had an upward sloping yield curve for most of those years up until 2019. Then you had an inversion. And you had an economic slowdown, um, which probably would have occurred whether the coronavirus and all the lockdowns happened anyways. Um, and then once that occurred, you had the upward sloping yield curve come back where the long end, again, was, you know, interest rates were higher than the midterm. Um, and so now what we've seen is you start to see these kinks at the end of the yield curve where longer ends are actually getting a lower interest rate than the than the mid the uh, the midterm debt and what that indicates to us is that the bond market the ones who actually deal in bonds um are are they're uh, increasingly concerned about the direction of the economy there's a an old saying on wall street that you know equities tell us about the future but the bond market tells the truth right right so um those who actually deal in money those who deal in credit who are looking at what are the growth uh, prospects here 
um, for uh, for the economy over the next two, three, four, five, ten years. Um, and speaking of specifically banks, uh, other non-financial institutions um, such as hedge funds and others, you know, people who are private equity, right? These these institutions who uh, have a job in our economy of allocating assets to try to grow uh, businesses and and produce things, right? And in a more efficient and better manner, these companies are looking at the bond market and they're investing in such a way that says they're concerned about where growth goes from here. Right, right. And really, there's a lot of um, different things short term that can happen to move those bond yields, whether it's up or down. Uh, You have a war in Ukraine, um, and people perceive the bond market as a safe haven. So then you see bond yields will go down because there are people going into it. So again, inversely, bond yields will go down when people are going into it. Yields will rise when people are coming out of it. So you know, the war—that's one you know thing that's kind of short term that could um, move them up or down. Uh, you could have like this week we have the Fed meeting, and um, you know likely they're to announce a quarter of one percent uh, percentage hike in rates. Some may argue, and probably rightfully so, that that is already baked into what interest rates are today. Uh, the thing that they could do is come out of left field and say we're going to hike rates by you know one or two percent, which not likely because they would just demolish the economy. Right. If they did that all at once, that would be problematic because the market at this point is saying, hey, we're, we expect you to do it more gradually. Um, but as you point as you point to in the short end of the yield curve, up to say about the two year Treasury bond or Treasury note, um, is that that is primarily based on what people expect the Fed to do. So the Fed has said, hey, we expect to hike six, seven per, you know, times over the next you know year or two. Right. So then what you see in the two year, as you mentioned earlier, is it's gone up. It's got, it, The rate has gone up quite a bit because all of a sudden traders are looking at it and going, why would I own this if we expect the Fed to, to raise the rate on the federal funds rate? Right. Um, right. Which is the rate that they charge banks. Right. right. So, <clears throat> so after saying all of that, what is the bottom line here? Yeah, bottom line is when we look at the Treasury yield curve today, it's giving us a, it's flashing a yellow sign that says growth uh, is becoming more and more of a suspect uh, in in the eyes of banks um, and other institutions that invest heavily in the bond market. Um, and I think that's something that is um, it's something that we should pay attention to because historically. The Treasury yield, the the yield curve itself, Treasury rates have done a much better job of predicting future growth and inflation than other markets have, such as consumer inflation expectations or the stock market. Right. Um, a lot of these other areas will get headlines. They'll get the headlines and say, "Hey, this is where people think you know rates are going or inflation's going." Um, but the bond market has consistently, over the the several past decades, has consistently indicated to us when things are likely to go south. And a big reason for that is that the banks who um, invest heavily in the treasury bond market are the ones who create most of the money. Most people think the federal government creates most of our money. They enable the creation of they, the money. They kind of just set what the policy is going to be. They kind of set that baseline interest rate, if you will. Yeah, they do. They set the interest rate, but they also create all the, the deposits that allow the banks to expand the money supply. But it's actually private banks who expand most of them, or they're the ones that create most of the money. Right. So if they are betting on a low uh, inflation rate over the next 20 to 30 years at this point, 
I think it makes more sense, or at least it makes sense to listen to them. And just as one last thought, um, it's this isn't the only market that's indicating that maybe growth and inflation expectations are overblown right now um, and are likely to head lower uh, going forward, right? There are other indications that we're looking at as well. One of them is uh, some of the interest rates in the international uh, debt markets, like the euro dollar futures curves, which um, are also inverted at this point uh, and mean kind of a similar thing to what we're talking about in the Treasury bond market. Um, you also have the dollar index, which is uh, increased. The dollar meaning, and the dollar index is just a comparison of the value of the dollar, the U.S. dollar, against a bunch of other currencies around the world. Over the past again decade, two decades, every time the dollar starts to increase in value compared to other currencies, that's usually a bad sign for the global economy. So there's there's other factors that are involved here that we could look at that kind of corroborate what the uh, Treasury bond market is telling us. And I think at this point, as I said, it's important to pay attention. Right, right. So as you mentioned, I mean, a ton of great different metrics, uh, tools, um, things for us to look at. Um, obviously, like you said, the bond market, a very, very accurate predictor of what's likely to come. Uh, one last thing, you know, a great case study, and I know we've mentioned it before here on the podcast, probably two, three, four times where you guys are probably sick of hearing about it, but is the case of Japan, you know, very similar demographics, very similar, um, debt situation, a lot of very similar interest rate. Um, a lot of similarities. I would, I would very high, I would highly encourage a lot of you to go out there and just check it out and, and see what I'm talking about, because that kind of seems like it could be a path we might be heading down. Yeah, absolutely, Joel. Uh, great point. All right. Well, Isaac, I appreciate your time. It's always a great time having these conversations with you, and I uh, look forward to our next conversation. Likewise. And that does it for another episode of Breaking Bad Advice. As always, you can find this episode along with the latest newsletters and blogs on planfinancial.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay rational.